Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test, the nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome 
to the God at the center of our creativity series. It's under our everyday life category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In this series, we talk about how to put God at the center of our creativity in art, music, cinema, and all other forms of audio and visual creativity. Today, our world has and is still trying to eliminate God from every sphere of life, from abolishing prayer in public schools to censorship of the name Jesus and all faith talk in workplaces. The moral code of Exodus chapter 20, which is the foundation for all modern civilization, moral and ethical values, is considered by many as a cake and no longer applicable to the desires and wants of the 21st century. God's guiding principles in the Bible that pertain to life and godliness, some would argue that the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, needs to update his manual. In this series, we start with the art industry and we find out the validity of this argument. Is it really true that in order to thrive in art, music, and cinema, we have to leave God outside the door? This dilemma is what our first guest dealt with early on in her career as an artist and musician, when she was often told she had to relinquish her relationship with God to be more creative. However, one might argue that we've seen this trick play before. You see, back in the Garden of Eden, after God had created Adam and Eve, Satan, the devil, appeared to Eve and planted a seed of doubt that the reason God didn't want Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil was that God didn't want them to become like him. And yet in the previous chapter in Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 28, God had clearly stated the opposite. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. It seems Satan is back to using his oldest trick in the book by convincing the Marses that their creativity in art, music, and cinema will only blossom if they ignore the creator of man and the universe. Is this really true? If this is true, are we really deeply satisfied with the fruit of lasciviousness? Has it been worth opening the floodgates of no restraint to usher in demons of wild imaginations and unquenchable appetites? Is losing a whole generation to mental illness, anxiety, depression, and low self-esteem as a result of this, is it worth it? Has it been worth it that we have gained the whole world but lost our souls? I mean, it's certainly foolish to believe that the creator who created offspring creators wouldn't want them to create, when at the very beginning that was one of his mandates to mankind. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, it says, God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. Man's eyes have never been satisfied by nature's beauty and the visible elements of our galaxy. Nature and the sky above it are a daily source of soul nourishment for many. Maybe, just maybe, 
now is the time to invite our creator and father back into all spaces of, of creativity to teach us how we can create not just beautiful but how to create soul nourishing art music cinema and any other form of visual and audio entertainment how did i miss it before the lavish nature of your love made mother earth and wonders this gift only a father like you could bestow even knowing all you've known how did i miss this before the ways in which you make to bless you create to pave the way to greater gifts what manner of love is this that has known no end even from the beginning even before all you made and gave away to we who bear your face even before we gave ourselves over to sin you were in the business of making beauty a gift to behold to be held throughout eternity how did i miss this before this your sermon on creation and creating the motive, the mission, the modus and motif, the melody of your heartstrings made infinite, unending symphony, all by way of let there be. God, how did I miss it? The truth that whatever I must give away to know you, it's nothing compared to all you gave and give over and over again. In the name of love. Told the devil that I'm going on a strike. Told the devil when I see him on sight. I've been working for you my whole life. Told the devil that I'm going on a strike. I've been working for you my whole life. This is a God dream. This is a God dream.
episode growing up and sort of coming to what i think is sort of a climactic journey in god and art and sort of the war over my soul between the two um it was a very painful experience but a really important reckoning and at the end of it all i was ready to walk away from art until the lord pulled me back and was just like no 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 you belong here because i belong here creativity <laughs> is what i instated wow but if you think about it god as creator which is what we believe that he created the heavens and the earth and that all that we see came from the word of his power. So if we believe that and truly believe it, why would we not submit our creativity to the Lord? Why would we not lean on his lens to even understand what true creativity is and what art is? This is episode one of the God at the Center of Our Creativity series. In this episode, I discuss with our guest, Kira Faith Wharton, the founder of Full Faith Forward and Fortify, about her vision and mission, which is to put God at the center of our creativity in art. Early on in her career, Kira was often told that she had to relinquish her relationship with God to be a better artist, that her relationship with the Lord would only hinder her as an artist. On the verge of walking away from her passion for art, God pulled her back and told her, you belong here because I belong here. We hope this episode blesses your heart. So open up your heart and mind and let's dive in. Our guest today is Kira Faith Wharton. 
She is the founder of Full Faith Forward, which is a parent company to Fortify. Kira's mission through all these companies she's founding is to put God as the center of our creativity in art. I won't be able to nail everything in this introduction, so just fasten your seatbelts. I'm gonna turn her loose. And Kira, welcome to the show. I'm glad to Hi. have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. It's, it's a pleasure and honor for me personally because I believe you've accepted what, what I believe is a calling to bring about change in one of, if not the toughest industry. And the kind of change you're trying to bring about is what people are pushing out. Hmm. So in a sense, you're sailing against the winds, for now at least. But from the, from the first moment that you first, that I heard you share your vision, I was so excited. And I just couldn't wait to have you on the podcast. So let's, wow. let's just jump right in. Okay, <laughs> there's, so sure. much, there's so much to talk about here. Um, just as an icebreaker, hmm. uh, we're talking about this vision that you have that God has put on your heart, which is to put him at the center of our creativity, you know, Absolutely. in this sphere of art, kind of walk us through this, tell it, you know, kind of sh shed some light on this. Of course. Um, yeah. What you said about calling, that's really real. And I'm very humbled by that. And I thank God for that. Um, just because, this, it's so clear from so much of what I'm seeing um, in the body of Christ that I am not alone in this. And there are so many other artists who feel called to center the Lord in their creativity and promote a culture that does that. Uh, in so many ways, my journey with this started like maybe three, four years ago when God was revealing to me that he truly belongs at the center of creativity. Um, mm -hmm. That was an interesting notion for me, given my background, um, which sort of had always been at conflict. I, of course, like many people, had a creative journey that started in the church where people were um, encouraging me to use my gifts for speaking or my love for performance to glorify God, um, even singing and being in choirs and stuff when I was younger. It was all about interpreting text and interpreting worship music and worship lyrics to the Lord. Um, and that's really where I learned how to interpret anything, any kind of text that was related to art. So moving into acting and performance felt like a natural thing. The only thing that wasn't natural about it was that I continued to find myself in settings where at the gate, people were asking me to relinquish my claim on relationship with the Lord or to sort of lose my religion so that way I could be a better artist. And the idea was that my relationship with God and even my understanding of him was only ever going to hinder me as an artist, was only ever going to box me into tropes and archetypes that were outdated. And in order to push the envelope as an artist, I really needed to make sure that I was thinking freer than religion would allow me to. All of these different very um, anti-Christian values that pervade spaces where I think just a lot of people uh, seek higher learning, um, but it's definitely there. There's definitely an anti-Christ approach to art that's very prevalent in the world. 
um, and definitely sought to shape my understanding of art. What, con what constantly intervened in that was the ways that God just continued to show up in my art <laughs> and the ways that he continued to show up in my career. Things that would happen that no one really could put a finger on or sort of trace back to someone's efforts. It was always the Lord opening doors for me. It was always the Lord making ways for me, teaching me how to do things on the fly, just ways yeah. that the Holy Spirit would completely overshadow me, give me inspiration, give me insight, give me whatever I needed to qualify for jobs that were constantly out of my league in a lot of ways. I hadn't paid enough dues to get where I was going. And people were taking notice and asking me questions, especially about who I knew, essentially. Um, and every time I basically would just tell them, I know the Lord, do you? So it would just become <laughs> a way of witnessing and a way of talking about him. Um, and then I, on this one, take particular stands and to live out loud all of these beliefs and principles that govern not just my art, but the way I sought to be kind to people and everything else. And that was not received well at all. I ended up with a work comp injury through like months and months of physical abuse and emotional harassment. There was just a lot going on um, that was legit persecution. Um, but I never faced anything like that because growing up in church, that's stuff you hear about, but you're not really thinking you're about to deal with that. And yeah. then in the United States, that's not something that you think is going to happen because it's a free country and you can do what you need to do. But there are definitely spaces um, where there's retaliation based on how people live their lives. Unfortunately, there are people who have encountered those same spaces in church. So growing up and sort of coming to what I think is sort of a climactic journey in God and art and sort of the war over my soul between the two. Um, it was a very painful experience, but a really important reckoning. And at the end of it all, I was ready to walk away from art until the Lord pulled me back and was just like, no, 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 you belong here because I belong here. Creativity <laughs> is what I instated. Wow. But when you think about it, God as creator, which is what we believe, that he created the heavens and the earth and that all that we see came from the word of his power. So if we believe that and truly believe it, why would we not submit our creativity to the Lord? Why would we not lean on his lens to even understand what true creativity is and what art is? Because art is really just creative work that is esteemed or that is, um, that's valued, that's looked at as if it is worth viewing, worth promoting, worth supporting. And how are we to even know what that truly is? without the Lord's definition, without the Lord's um, insight and without discernment that we truly receive from Holy Spirit. So yeah, <laughs> a lot of that was just sort of him leading me through a place of appreciating him at the center of creativity and how that is really a return to truth and yes. not departure from reality. Like sin will really have us out here thinking that, no, 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 like, it's not about God. You're basically God and the universe revolves around you and you manifest and all of these other things, but it's, it's <laughs> simply not true. And so it's more of a revolting against a system that's constantly pushing me away from the Lord and returning to resting in a place that just says, no, 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 he is rightfully enthroned in my creativity. And that's, that's the guiding principle behind everything I do.
Wow. Um, so many Christians there. So many follow-up Christians that I have for you. Okay. Um, just, just a few. The one thing that you mentioned is, you know, people pushing art, I mean, pushing God out of art. And, and you're just saying that, well, he's a creator, right? And why are we trying to push the person who basically created everything that we see and a lot of what we don't see as well that he yeah. has created yeah. and we're pushing him out. And the thing that came to mind was, is I can't help but think that it's, <clears throat> it's a, it's a situation where we have uh, like most of the times when, when I really first started to read the Bible and like read all of it, and I just couldn't help but notice that there were so many grotesque things that the Bible actually talks about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for instance, like the Bible talks about sex, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there's so many references where it says, you know, and, and, and the man knew his wife and went into her and, you know, like it, it, it describes all of these things. Mm -hmm. I, but I think also, I think we've seen it in the church where the Bible talks about it, but when it comes to us, we kind of want to just not go there. That's in the church and the church is like, well, they don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to the world, it's almost like, well, the Bible talks about all the things that are happening in the world right now, whatever we'll call unrighteousness, sin and all the evil these grotesque images, descriptions of, of people being dismembered in the Bible and their body parts being, uh, this is someone first or second Kings, uh, and being sent out to all the 12 tribes, these people being raped in the Bible, like it's all in there. There's hatred, there is, there is all of this stuff. And it almost feels like, but God doesn't hide that stuff. I really feel like he wants us to know of this stuff, but it's like, then he, he sheds light to it, but it almost feels with the world. It's like when they're pushing God out of creativity, out of art, out of every sphere, it's almost like they don't want an overseer. They don't want accountability. Hmm. It's almost like they just want to hide it. Or I don't know if I'm, it, it, it's almost like, well, no, it's like, we don't want any light in this sphere. It's like, well, the Bible talks about sex. Mm. Well, but it's like the moment you take it outside, then it's, you know, like outside the confines in which, you know, sex is supposed to be uh, a good thing, but then it becomes perverted. Now, once that perversion is added onto the sex, where it's now being used to sell toothpaste, um, mm. it, it's being used to... You, you know, every product right now, it's almost like the, the commercials and everything, you know, all of that is like now the perversion that's added onto the thing. That's the only problem between really when it comes down to the things that man tries to do and, and God who created them, he has no problem with them. It's just the context in which they are used. And so when you say God said, you know, he was telling, he said, no, 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 don't get out of art. I want you to, 
I want you to come back right in here. It was almost like he, you were kind of like, no, 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 just keep watch. Like, <laughs> like, no, I need one of you to stay in here. It it just goes to show that, and and just the backlash that that you you were dealing with when just mm -hmm. to get into these places where they're saying, well, leave your God at the door, yeah. and then you can come in and do real art. Um, it's I guess it's something we'll never really be able to understand or fully grasp as to why we really as to why man has that desire to not have really any accountability. It's almost like, well, we're going to do bad things in this house, but we don't want any accountability. So leave integrity outside and then you can come in. It's, it's something. Well, I think, I think we actually can definitely understand that. And certainly as Christians, just because in a lot of ways, this goes back to the garden. Like this goes back mm -hmm. to Eden. Adam and Eve are being offered an existence and really being gifted an existence in which they don't have to worry about anything. There is no strife. There is no nothing because God's presence and all of his attributes reign over them. It's a place that was literally created for them in which they were created and given dominion to do nothing but flourish and thrive and steward well what's in their hand. And then what is offered to them by the enemy, you know, within the guise of this snake is this opportunity to decide what is dominion, to decide what is good and what is evil for themselves, essentially to play God. And it's wild mm -hmm. because in the scripture, he even suggests that God does not want them to be like him. And so that's why he's withholding the fruit. We see it. First thing I said was, let us make man in our image. Like, let us make them like that. <laughs> so he, like, he already, yeah, he already created them. Like You're already like God as much as you need to be anyway. Um, and in ways that you can sustain. You already bear his image. You're already given essentially um, a, a portion of responsibility and a portion of rulership that you can sustain given your own limitations as human, because we are not God, but in being like him, we possess so many of his attributes sort of in a microcosmic way. We possess creativity, we possess emotions, we possess desire and so many other things that reflect him. And that is the beauty of the ways in which we are like God. Um, but the place where that crosses over and becomes a selfish, sinful grasping for divinity itself is this place where we decide that, no, 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 I want to be the head honcho. So not God on the throne, me on the throne. And I get to decide what's right and what's not. I get to decide what's wise and what's not. I get to decide what is art and what is not. Because after all, why shouldn't everything be about worshiping me? Why shouldn't I be God instead of him? And when we think about it, this is exactly the sin that got Satan cast out of heaven, that got him removed from his place as Lucifer, this ministering angel, and cast yeah. into this place where now he is the opposer. He is the enemy. He is Satan. It's, it's this grasp for God's position 
when you don't have half of his intellect, when you don't have half of his ability, when you don't have the power or the will or even the nature to sustain it, how can I be God when God made me? I needed him to even exist and I certainly need him to persist. So how is it that I am thinking that I can even remotely do this on my own and kind of take his job from him? Like, that's that's good, that's good, but I got it from here. Like this kind of thinking that, you know, I am God and God is me. All of this stems from a place of sin. And it's as old as the Garden of Eden. And the beauty of what the Lord has done is this way in which he is constantly reaching for us and seeking to reconcile and seeking to help us return to a place in which we are not seeking to stretch ourselves beyond our own limitations because we really don't have the capacity. I mean, we don't have the capacity to even tell the future for real with all of our forecasting and whatever else, what you only get like 10 days out of that weather situation. You can't tell me what the weather's going to be in 2024. So what <laughs> do you have? Wow. Thinking that you can take the position of the alpha and omega who he's seated outside of time. He's wow. not even governed by it. He authored it so that we don't lose our minds within the span of eternity. Like this generous, benevolent God who is still willing, even as we blaspheme and even as we insult him with this sinful existence that we chose over him and that we daily choose over him. Because even as Christians with the option, we sin all the time. And yet yeah. God is always reaching for us and looking to reconcile with us and reconcile us to himself. And that's the beauty of what he does. And it's just more demonstration of the ways in which he is the rightful ruler of all things, creativity included. You said so much with what you were talking about with sex. And I mean, sex <laughs> is in a lot of ways, it's commodifying artists. When you look at the music industry, when you look at even acting, when you look at these ways in which sex and so many other things that were instituted instituted by God within a specific context, biblical marriage between a man and a woman, and both of them submitted to the Lord's mm -hmm. leadership. Like even this definition of marriage is just being between a man and a woman. Well, nah, because God is in there too. Like God is making sure that the marriage is being, it's daily being walked out in a way that truly illustrates his covenant, his nature, and so much about him. And without him there, that's why you're going to have divorce rates and you're going to have so many other things that are happening. But put a pin in that because that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Point, they... <laughs> right. It's like, child, we go on and on about that. But this way in which sex and so many other things that were originally gifts, because sin is skewing our minds and our sight, it's now skewing even how we identify ourselves, how we understand ourselves and our own humanity. And it's even robbing us of our humanity. Women objectify, whether by men or themselves. Sex is the thing that's selling. Sex is the thing that people are literally bartering their bodies for just to get some cash or to get some notoriety or to get some fame that might lead to what may feel like an abundant life. But at what cost? When God talks about abundant life and even abundant creativity, it's not going to cause you to have to dismember yourself whether that's you're emphasizing your breasts or you're emphasizing your bottom or you're emphasizing whatever to try and sell yourself and make sure that your sexuality is what's reaching out first. It doesn't define you. 
his word does. And when we return to a place where his word and his presence and his essence is at the center, we truly are free because we're no longer enslaved by perversion or anything else. In the next episode, we'll continue the discussion with our guest Kira on the subject of putting God at the center of our creativity, the challenges she's dealt with, and her encouragement towards other artists that are seeking to create art with meaning. This was episode one of the God at the Center of Our Creativity series. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. I'm not trying to lead you to visas, but if I try to lead you to Jesus, we get called halfway believers. Only halfway read Ephesians Only if they knew what I knew of I was never new till I knew of True and living God, Yeshua The true and living God Somebody pray for me